السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله قال رب شحلي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم زدنا علما All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has created time and has made some times better than others. Allah Azza wa Jal has blessed some months and has blessed some days and has chosen some nights and made them better than others. And we find that rewards are multiplied many times as a mercy towards the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he chooses certain seasons, certain times, and he blesses this Ummah with extra and more rewards. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has chosen and given us as the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam these special moments so that we as an Ummah we are encouraged to do more righteous deeds and we have that eagerness and the vigor to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more and a Muslim a mu'min, he renews his efforts, he renews his intentions, and he strives harder during these times to gain the rewards from Allah Azza wa Jal. And this season, the season of Hajj, the ten days, the first ten days of the Hijjah, it brings many benefits such as the opportunity to correct our faults and make up for any shortcomings that we might have or anything that we might have missed and it is during these special occasions that we turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we seek the forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala correctly. <coughs> we as a Muslim ummah, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we should understand that the value of our life depends on our worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should never slack. We should never slack in our worship. And we should never feel that I've done a lot. There's always more that we can do. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, and He says to us in Surah Al-Hijr, وَعْبُدْ رَبَّكَ حَتَّى and worship your Lord. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Until he comes unto your Lord 
وأنت يو سيرتينتي واعبد ربك حتى يأتيك اليقين and the word yaqeen here the word certainty means death so we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until we pass away we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right until the last sometimes we find that we think you know I've done so much I've done so much good that I can relax and if one looks at the life of the pious predecessors then you will find that the life and you look at their lives you will find that they worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right until the end until the last and you will read many stories you will hear many people discuss that fulan so and so they were still reciting Quran and they passed away they were in salah and they passed away so this shows us that we need to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the end my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam we are welcoming ayyaman fadila we are indeed welcoming blessed and virtuous days. And these days, they are afdalu ayyam. They are the best, they are the most virtuous of days. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has blessed us. That we will witness bi ta'ala, these ten days of the Hajj. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions and He says, وَالْفَجْرُ وَلَيَالٍ عَشْرٍ And yeah, Allah Azza wa Jal, He takes a qasam and He says, وَالْفَجْرُ By the dawn وَلَيَالٍ عَشْرٍ Another qasam by the ten nights. Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma, may Allah be pleased with both of them. He said, he al-ashr. He said that it is, he al-ashr al-awwal, min shahri dhil-hijjah. That it is the first ten days of the month of dhil-hijjah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes a qasam, then He draws our attention. And He wants us to realize that this is something important. So know that these ten days of the hijjah it is indeed something that is important. So we need to understand and we need to know what is so important about these 10 days? And before we carry on, we need to explain that we have 10 days that are important 
And we have the last 10 days of Ramadan which is important as well. So what is the difference? So our scholars and our ulama they explain. And they say that the first 10 days of the Hijjah They are the most virtuous days of the year. Because we find that we have Sayyidul Ayyam in these 10 days of the Hijjah. And Sayyidul Ayyam is the day of Arafah. And the day of Arafah is a day known to the Muslim Ummah. It is a day where Allah Azza wa Jal, we completed our deen. Al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum, wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati, wa raditu lakum al-islam deena. And on this day I have perfected for you your religion. Al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum, وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي And I completed and I bestowed my favor upon you. And I chose for you the deen of Islam. There is no other deen, O slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is going to assist us, that is going to help us, that is going to bring benefit to us, than the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani al-Islam. So we find that the day of Arafah, it is the day that the Malaika, that the day that they descend the whole day, it is the day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He boasts to the Malaika, that He slaves on the plains of Arafah, and they are seeking forgiveness from Allah. They are making dua to Allah. Many of them, they hear is disheveled. Many of them, they are covered in dust. But they are standing on the plains of Arafah. Whether the person is rich or the person is poor. Whether they are young or whether they are old. But they are standing on the plains of Arafah. And they are calling to Allah and to Allah alone. And they are asking for whatever their heart desires. And know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to the hujjaj that are standing on the plains of Arafah. <coughs> so this is Sayyidul Ayyam. And then we find in the last 10 nights of the month of Ramadan. We find a night, Laylatul Qadr. خَيْرٌ مِّنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٌ Better than a thousand nights or a thousand months. So we find that Laylatul Qadr in the last ten nights of Ramadan which makes these last ten nights the most virtuous nights of the year. And we find that the day of Arafah in the first ten days of the Hijjah making the Hijjah in the first ten days of this month the best days of the year. And if we draw our attention and we look at a hadith, 
narrated by Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallama qal ma min ayyamin al-amal salihu fiha ahabu ila Allahi min hadhihi al-ayyam yani al-ashr al-ashr al-awwal min dhil hijjah qalu ya rasulallah walal jihadu fi sabilillah qala walal jihadu fi sabilillah illa rajulun kharaja binafsihi wa malihi falam yarji' min dhalika bishay'in rawahu al-bukhari ibn abbas radiyallahu anhuma may allah be pleased with both of them he says that muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said there are no days in which righteous deeds are more beloved to Allah than these ten days. So the people are, and these ten days, yani, are the days of Dhul Hijjah. So the people asked, and these people were no ordinary people. These people were those that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about in the Quran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Radiyallahu anhum wa radu'an. And they were pleased with Allah and Allah is pleased with them. These were no ordinary men and women. These were the likes of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. These were the likes of Umar ibn Khattab. These were the, the likes of Aisha radiyallahu anha. Of Fatima binti Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we find that when these people asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a question they wanted to know. How can we take benefit? Or they wanted to know in this case not even jihad for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because jihad was a great thing. Jihad is a great thing. And it will be in this ummah until the end of times. That there will always be a group from this ummah that will be fighting the enemies of this ummah. And there will always be a group of this ummah that will be out and striving in the path of Allah. And with only one intention and one intention only. And that is to lift up the flag of Al-Islam. To raise the kalima of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of La ilaha illallah and nothing else. They do not do it for fame. They do not do it for their countries. They do not do it for anything else but for the sake of Allah. Many of their companions, they lost their lives. In the various battles. Many of them left. The lands of Makkah and Medina. And they never returned. So this is the greatness of jihad. So they asked Rasulullah. Because they understood the reality of jihad. And they said. O messenger of Allah. Not even jihad for the sake of Allah. The messenger peace be upon him. He replied and he said. Not even jihad for the sake of Allah, except in the case of a man 
who went out to fight for the sake of Allah. And what did he do? He gave himself up. He became a shaheed. And he used his wealth. And his wealth never came back as well. So he passed away in the path of Allah. He used his wealth to go fight in the way of Allah. And both of these things never came back. So here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is explaining to us. The messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam is saying that these are the best days. And whatever deeds you do in these days as we will see a bit later, they are more beloved to Allah. And what about the jihad? They said not even, he said not even jihad sallallahu alayhi wasallam except for a man that he used his own money. He went out to fight in the path of Allah and he never returned back. Subhanallah. And this hadith is found in the Sahih of Imam Al-Bukhari rahimallahu ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said ma min amalin and here we find that no actions. And this is a general statement. And what falls under this general statement of any action that you do, any al-a'mal salihat wa ta'at azza wa jal. So any good action and obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that brings you one closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is something that we should be doing during these days of the Hijjah. This Ashura, these first 10 days of the Hijjah, we should be doing actions that brings us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of the best action that one can do is as-salah al-maktuba. To do your fard salawat. Your salah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to do. We do not have an option. I cannot make fajr when I feel like making it. I cannot make maghrib because I have some time today. The five awqat is something that we must do. And if one looks at the hadith al-Qudsi, and the hadith al-Qudsi is a hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, or he says, for example, يَقُولُ رَبَّنَا عَزَّوَجَلُ that my Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, مَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِ بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبَّ إِلَيَّ مِمَّا إِفْتَرَدْتُ عَلَيْهِ وَمَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِ يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ حَتَّى أُحِبَّهُ فَإِذَا أَحْبَبْتُهُ كنت سمع الذي يسمع به وبصر الذي يبصر به 
وَيَدَوُلَّتِ يَبْتُشُ بِهَا وَرِجْلَوُلَّتِ يَمْشِ بِهَا وَإِنْ سَأَلَنِي لَأُعْتِيَنَّهُ وَلَئِنْ وَلَئِنْ إِسْتَعَاذَنِي لَأُعْدَنَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ Abu Hurairah, he says that the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said that indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that whomsoever shows enmity to my wali, this is the first part of the hadith, right? Man adali waliyan, that whomsoever shows enmity to my wali, to my friend, and a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is who? A wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is he? That he worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala correctly. That he enjoins what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded him to do. And he does al-amr bil-ma'roof wal-nahi anil-munkar. He enjoins what is good and he forbids what is evil. And a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sometimes not known by the clothing that he wears. A wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not known by his lineage. A wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is known by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sometimes we've misunderstood in our times today. We misunderstood what a wali is. And this inshallah bi'ithnillah is a discussion, is a talk that needs more time. So the Prophet sallallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala in this hadith Qudsi, he says that whosoever shows enmity to a friend of mine, to a wali, then I have declared war against him. And then he says, and my servant does not draw near to me with anything more loved, more beloved to me than his religious duties that I have made wajib, compulsory upon him. So once we have completed our wajibat, our obligatory actions, now we move to the next step. And he continues and he says, and my servant continues to draw near to me with nawafil. And these nawafil acts, they are not farud. They are extra actions that draws closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But know my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we need to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala firstly with our fara'id. A person cannot be making salah to tahajjud. He cannot be making <coughs> Afan. He cannot be making salah to tahajjud, but he oversleeps for fajr. He cannot be fasting on a Monday and Thursday, but he doesn't want to fast in the month of Ramadan. 
So here we need to understand that al-faraid needs to be in place. And this is a problem that we find that many people face. They try to do extra actions, but they neglect what we are supposed to be doing or what they were supposed to be doing. And just to explain or by means of an example so that we understand. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and yes there is a difference of opinion amongst the ulama but wallahu alam that making salah in jama'ah Right, it is wajib, it is compulsory on the main folk of this ummah. So come the month of Ramadan, you find that certain people, they neglect Salatul Jama'ah for their fara'id, but they would never ever miss Salatul Taraweeh. And Salatul Taraweeh Qiyamul Layl Yani Nur Ala Nur You listen to the book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala You stand in Qiyamul Layl What better action But the point is that You neglect your faraid to be in the masjid For far salahs But you're going for something that is Sunnah and this is something that we need to understand and that we need to realize. That our faraid comes first and then everything else will follow. Of the greatest actions that one should be involving oneself in during these 10 days of the hijjah is the recitation of the Quran as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he describes the Quran, one of the descriptions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ الشِّفَةِ That this book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we have sent down this book as a cure, as a shifa. A cure for physical illness. And a cure for spiritual illness. How many of us opens the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on a daily basis? Whether we read one page, whether we read five pages, we read a half a juz, a juz. How many of us does this? And this is something again. Start off during these 10 days. Great rewards. And if you are not doing this, start off with a little. Increase, increase, increase. They, you will find that your life is filled with baraka. That your life is filled with blessings when you are attached to the book of Allah who subhanahu wa ta'ala. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, another important 
action. Another important act of worship that we can do during these 10 days or 9 days is to fast. <clears throat> and fasting, subhanallah, is of the greatest ibadah that one can do. It is also one of those ibadah that one's sincerity, one's ikhlas is really tested. Because no one actually knows when you are fasting. No one actually knows that he woke up in the morning, he had his suhoor, he made Salatul Fajr, right, in the masjid. And making Salatul Fajr in the masjid, people saw, okay, mashallah, there he came, he made Salah, etc. But no one knew that he woke up for suhoor and he fasted. And if you really test your actions, then know that this action of Siyam, it will really show you your ikhlas. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this hadith is found in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, an Abi Umama radiyallahu anhu, kultu ya Rasulallah. So this companion, may Allah be pleased with him, Abu Umama, he said, O Messenger of Allah, akhbirni bi'amalin, inform me of an action, yudakhil, يُدْخِلُنِي الْجَنَّةِ That will enter me into Jannah. So he said, عَلَيْكَ بِالصِّيَامِ That upon you, Yani is fasting. Fast. فَإِنَّهُ لَا مِثْلَ لَهُ For indeed there is nothing like fasting. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, fasting, it is a shield. It is a shield that protects you against sin. It is a shield that protects you against all wrong. When you fast, you realize that it's not just abstaining from food. It's not just abstaining from drink. But when I fast, my tongue fasts with me. My ears fast with me. My eyes fast with me. So fast the nine days, and why mention in the nine days? Because we obviously do not fast on the day of Eid. If we look at another hadith, Hunayda ibn Khalid narrates from his wife that one of the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said <coughs> that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he used to fast the nine days of the Hijjah and the day of Ashura and the three days of each month, the first Monday and two Thursdays. This hadith is found in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. It is found in the Sunan of Abi Dawood as well. Wasahahu Sheikh Albani rahimallahu ta'ala. So this hadith shows us that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam would fast on these various days. What also comes 
with doing good deeds and with fasting is the fasting on the day of Arafah. Fasting on the day of Arafah, it is confirmed in the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and this fasting is for those that are not performing hajj. Abu Qatada, may Allah be pleased with him, he said that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked about the fasting on the day of Arafah and he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it expiates for the past and coming years. This hadith is narrated by Imam Muslim and others. According to another narration, it says, I ask Allah that it may expiate for the sins of the year that comes before it and the year that comes after it. So there's great benefit of fasting on the day of Arafah and Allah knows best. Another important action that will draw us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to give sadaqah. Spend in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it is a one rand, whether it's a ten rand, or whatever you can afford, but spend in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you do not have the financial means to spend, then meet your brother with a smiling face. These are the days that we should gain the rewards from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next important point is that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam commanded us to recite a lot of tasbih subhanallah tahmeed alhamdulillah and takbir Allahu akbar. During these times or during the first 10 days of the Hajj increase so in the life of a Muslim of a believer making tasbih making tahmeed making takbir this is something that we should be doing on a daily basis but during the 10 days of the Hajj we should increase in this Abdullah ibn Umar May Allah be pleased with him and his father. He reported that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, there are no days greater in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in which righteous deeds are more beloved to him than these ten days. So during this time, recite a great deal of tahleel, la ilaha illallah, of takbir, Allahu Akbar, and tahmeed of saying alhamdulillah and as we will see these the ulama they specifically mentioned the takbir and the takbir with regards to eid al-adha it is prescribed from the beginning of the month so we will be reciting takbir from the first of the hijjah until the end of the 13th day of the hijjah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says liyashhadu manafi'a lahum wa yadhkuru ismallahi fi ayyamin ma'lumat 
<coughs> that they may witness things that are of benefit to them. لِيَشْهَدُوا مَنَافِعَ لَهُمْ يعني the reward of Hajj in the year after and also they might have gained some worldly gain from trade etc. وَيَذْكُرُ اسْمَ اللَّهِ فِي أَيَّامٍ مَعْلُومَاتٍ and mention the name of Allah Azza wa Jal on the appointed days. The takbir, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we have what is known as the takbir, which is mutlaq. It is unrestricted. And we have the takbir, which is muqayyad, which is restricted. As for takbir, the unrestricted takbir, this takbir is made any time during these 10 days. This is a takbir that is not limited to a specific time and it is sunnah to say it all the time in the morning, the evening, before prayer, after prayer, etc. So you will recite this takbir during the first 10 days of the hijjah and all the days of tashriq. And you will end this on the 13th day of the hijjah when the sun sets. And there are narrations of some of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It is attributed to Abu Huraira radiallahu an to Abdullah ibn Umar that they would walk in the marketplaces. They would walk in the marketplaces during the days of the hijjah and they would render the takbir. They would Say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallahu, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walilayil Hamd. And this is something that we have forgotten, a forgotten Sunnah. So let us start when the moon has been sighted for Dhul <coughs> Hijjah, that we encourage our family members as well to recite this takbir. When we are driving in our cars, when we have some free time at work, wherever it might be, that we utter this takbir. And another point to add to the takbir, that if our sisters, our mothers, our daughters, they may be in a public place, then they would not utter the takbir loud. But if they are alone in their homes or the maharim is with them, etc., there is no problem with reciting this takbir aloud. Point number two, the takbir at certain times, the restricted takbir. This is the takbir that is limited to the time immediately after the awqat, after the salah. It's from the fajr or from fajr on the day of arafah and lasts until the sun sets on the last day of the days of tashriq. So in addition to saying the takbir at any time, we will say the takbir after each salah as well from the Salatul Fajr on the day of Arafah until Salatul Asr on the 13th day of Dhul Hijjah, the last day of Tashrik. And there is an important point 
And this is once you make your salam. So when you <coughs> intend to finish your salah, say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. You do not immediately say the takbir. This is a common practice amongst the people that immediately after the taslim, they will say the takbir. One should first say, Allahumma antas astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, Allahumma antas salam, wa minka salam, etc. And thereafter you will utter your takbir and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. What is the wording of the takbir? The wording of the takbir, there are various narrations of various wordings. So suffice for us is the following. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. So you're saying it twice. La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. Walillahi alhamd. Right? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. Walillahi alhamd. The second one, you will say Allahu Akbar twice. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. And the third one, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. And there are other narrations of different wordings, and all is accepted, Walhamdulillah. But if one looks at these words, Subhanallah. You are praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the worlds, the one that has created everything and everyone. And you are uttering these words that Allah is the greatest. Allah is the greatest. And when one utters these words, we should ponder. Because sometimes we feel that the superpowers are the greatest. Sometimes we feel that my job or my boss is great. But know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that gives life. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that gives death. Know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of everything. And it is He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is the Almighty. It is He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is the greatest. La ilaha illallah. And none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. Our ibadah is only dedicated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do not worship anything but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do not sacrifice our lives except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all praise and thanks is due to Allah azza wa jal. So moving on to the next important point with regards to our a'mal. With regards to an action that we can do during these 10 days to gain closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is Udhiyah, our sacrifice or kurbani, right? slaughtering a sheep or a cow or a camel. 
And this is of the greatest blessings and the greatest ways to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is started on the day of Yawmul Nahar, the day of Eid, and which is the 10th day of the Hijjah. And it carries on, you can do it on the 11th day as well, you can do it on the 12th day as well, and on the 13th day until sunset. And this subhanallah is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasizes in the Quran with regards to Nahr, with regards to slaughtering. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَنْحَرُ And turn in your prayer, فَصَلِّ Turn in your prayer to لِرَبِّك, to your Lord, وَنْحَرُ And your sacrifice. We do not sacrifice for anything else. We do not sacrifice for the dead. We do not sacrifice for the pious. We do not sacrifice for certain gods, etc. وَنَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ we sacrifice for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to Allah alone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-An'am, Kul say, inna salati, that indeed my salah, wa nusuki, and my sacrifice, yani my slaughtering, wa mahyaya wa mamati, and my life and my death, lillahi rabbil alameen, it is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. O slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my beloved and honorable brothers and sisters in Islam, sacrifice our ibadah, it is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَلِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ جَعَلْنَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَلِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ جَعَلْنَا مَنْسَكَ لِيَذْكُرُ اسْمَ اللَّهِ عَلَى مَا رَزَقَهُمْ مِنْ بَهِيمَةِ الْأَنْعَامِ فَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهُ وَاحِدًا And for every nation, for every nation we have appointed religious ceremonies. Each nation, each religion, they have their own ceremonies. As for us as Muslims, we have our religious ceremonies. The days of Eid. لِيَذْكُرُ اسْمَ اللَّهِ So that you may mention the name of Allah عَلَى مَا رَزَقَهُمْ مِنْ بَهِيمَةِ الْأَنْعَامِ So when you slaughter, you mention the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you are slaughtering the beast of cattle, and know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that He sustains us. He is the one that gives us. فَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهُ وَاحِدٌ And know that your Lord, that Allah azza wa jal is one, and that we need to submit to Allah subhanahu my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, there's two important points with this verse. Number one, we have our own religious ceremonies. We do not need to go out and follow the way of the kuffar. We do not need to go out and follow Mother's Day and Father's Day and Valentine's Day and Christmas Day and all these. No. 
We have our specific religion, we have our specific days and of celebration, and this is the days of Eid. And this verse also the ulama use to show and to explain about our qurbani and slaughtering. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he would slaughter his sacrificial animals himself. And also we need to understand and we need to know that a sheep is good enough Right? One sheep, one sacrificial animal is good enough for the man of the house or the head of the house and his household. Right? After the hadith, I will explain. Abu Ayyub al-Ansari he said, at the time of the messenger of Allah, a man would sacrifice a sheep on behalf of himself and the members of his household and they would eat from it and they would give it to others. So one sheep is sufficient for the family. So the head of the family, if he slaughters, his intention is for himself and for the rest of his family. Walhamdulillah. Another point that is derived from this hadith is that one will eat from the sacrifice, from the meat, and you will share a certain portion as well. What is understood by people generally, that a third we keep for our family, a third we keep, or um, a third we keep in our house, a third we give away to charity, and a third we give to our other family members. There is nothing wrong with this. However, if, for example, you feel that you want to keep a half, there's no problem. You feel you want to give a half away, there's no problem. You feel you want to give less than a third to your family members, to charity, there's no problem with this. Al-amru wasi'. Right? This matter is wide and it's not specific that you need to, it's not wajib, it's not sunnah that you need to give a third a third. And the third, and Allah knows best. The next important point with regards to our udhiyah, and this is extremely important, is that when someone wants to offer a slaughtering, he wants to offer a qurbani. And let's see what the next hadith says. This hadith is, narrated by all six, by all five of the six famous muhaddithun except Imam al-Bukhari. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that whoever amongst you wants to offer sacrifice, let him not take anything from his hair or nails. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, whomsoever amongst you wants to offer a sacrifice, let him not take anything from his hair or nails. So what does this mean? So what this means is that, O slaves of Allah, who subhanahu wa ta'ala, I have an intention to slaughter. And I've made this intention before the first of the hijjah 
So they announce and they say, Alhamdulillah, the moon has been sighted. From that moment, I'll not cut my nails and I'll not remove my hair and go to the barber, etc. and cut my hair or other parts of my body which has hair on it. And this is of the practice of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And alhamdulillah, there are two views. Some of the ulama, they've explained and they said that this view, or this teaches us that this is a sunnah. And other ulama, they say no, that this is compulsory, this is wajib, you need to do this. That you need to abstain from taking from your hair and from your nails if you are going to sacrifice. And this is a qawlu rajis, this seems to be the preponderant view. So one should or one must not take from one's hair and cut one's nails if you are going to slaughter your animal. A common question and we're going to end on this, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. So the Amir of the house, the head of the house, for example, the husband, he decides, we've made intention to slaughter. And the sheep, like we mentioned, it's for the whole household. So does each and everyone in the house, the wife, the children, his mother, his father, do they all have to abstain from cutting nails and cutting the hair? And the answer is no. Only the person that he's going to slaughter, which is the Father and Allah knows best. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this brings us to the end of tonight's discussion. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa astawfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.